Are you guys in need of a top dog electrician? Because for over 35 years, Piper Electric has been the most fairly priced, dependable, and trustworthy electrical contract company in the Denver community. If you call 303-646-6765, they will give you the DNVR back-to-school hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small for Piper Electric. They work the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. Don't forget, you have to call 303-646-6765 to receive 20% off your next service call. Excuse me, super intern, Kale. I feel like super intern is like a derogatory name. It is. It's like squid from Rocket Power. There's, there's, there's a new squid every... Well, well that's perfect, because I really want it to be as derogatory as possible. Well, it is derogatory. <laughs> it's very derogatory. It's very derogatory. Uh, yeah. Of course we're live. Kale, of course we know we're live, man. You think that if we're live, we're going to be like, oh, no, we should be nicer to super intern Kale. <laughs> Definitely not. So this, we don't have a beer opener, do we? <laughs> is that what you need for that? Yeah. Oh, God. Um, well, Damn it, vote. Look at this. Super intern Kale has everything. Look at this. <laughs> wow. You guys don't know. You got to go follow super intern Kale. All right. Put the mic down and open the beer. <laughs> yep. Put your mic down. Oh, no. I hope I don't get confused which mic is mine. This one sounds good. This one also sounds go. good. Flawless. You guys ready? You guys ready to kick this off? In the back. Yeah, let's do it. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DNVR Nuggets podcast. We, I am Adam Matas. I'm joined, of course, to my left by Harrison Wind. Say going something. on? Just give like a, a sh- an intro. Uh, happy to be here. <laughs> happy to be here. Happy Se- to have you. Seated to my right, Brendan Vote. Season's greetings. We are doing what we have. That ho- was not a much, much better of a greeting than I had. Well, also, more energy, more is life. Season, is Halloween part of season's greetings? No, no, yeah. I say that at all times of the year. It's you not still got like another month before you can pull yep. off the season's greetings. I vote we make Halloween part of season's greetings. Because to me, it, it's it's part of it. it's Halloween, Thanksgiving. Are, are we the three man group that can make that officially happen? <laughs> I think if it's if not us, then who? But if not us, then who? That's a great that's a great question. No, it is. Like you think about it, the holiday season. It's like Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. They just come in a row. It's the winter. Yeah, but October is still kind of close to summer. But it's the last day of October. True. In fact, most Halloween parties go into November. True. So. Oh, you veteran Halloween party goer? <laughs> I was. In, in, in my day, Halloween. Actually, we should do that. Top top holidays. Number one for me, 4th of July. Because it's always a great Ooh, camping big trip. Big 4th of July guy. It's middle of summer. Yep. It's like the fireworks are great. Yep. Great food, great barbecue. Um, Christmas, I think, number two. Well, um <laughs> Christmas slash Christmas Hanukkah. slash Hanukkah, non-denominational. Okay. The DNVR Nuggets podcast, okay. right? And then uh, you can come on in, Ali. You don't have to be quiet. This is fine. Uh, Say hey then, to the internet on your way on your way through. Th- I mean, Thanksgiving is up there too. It's not up there. Hot take: I don't like Thanksgiving. Well, you're completely wrong about that. <laughs> I don't like turkey. So that's that's the least. There's a million take. other choices for great food that don't that aren't named turkey. I want to start a new tradition where we eat. Just yeah, like steak and lobster on on Thanksgiving. It's just not. Is that what you do, no. <laughs> man? Awesome. It does sound awesome. You do want to know the most overrated holiday? What is it? It's New Year's. Why? Because it's way overrated. It gets hyped up. You go to some 
you know, party or bar, spend way too much money, and then it's over like that. Because every year Harrison <laughs> thinks it's he's ready to turn a new leaf. New <laughs> There's going to be a new year, Trust new Harrison. Me, I am not. Like, New Year's is the most overrated holiday. <laughs> I think it took me seven hours to blow every single one of my resolutions seven hours. last wow. year. Yeah, yeah, we all make these bullshit rev- re- resolutions. No, we don't keep any of them. Man, you guys are negative today. I'm going to have to bring the positive energy. This show, so hopefully you agree with our holiday takes. If not, our basketball takes, I think, are slightly better. Um, if we want to be doing this now, you see we're in our beautiful lounge set. If you've never seen it before, this is probably my favorite of the three sets that we have here at DNVR HQ. Um, we don't have my Matumbo poster up, though, do we? No. Nope. We're going to have to get that one up. Made an executive decision. You were too excited about it. So oh, I, just, I just didn't. That wanna, was the wrong decision. Just that was the wrong that. decision. Yeah. yeah, you got me, but you ruined yourself in the process. Um, this Habits. is our lounge set. We want to be doing these every single week—a live mailbag show or some type of live. It won't always be mailbag, but sometimes maybe it's a pregame or postgame show or whatever. We're going to be using this set and this setup quite a bit to broadcast our podcast live to people on Periscope, YouTube, and several other things. Ali, you can come, come, come and go. What do you have? I have a breakfast. A brew goodie bag. Oh, oh my goodness. Goodie bag. This is candid. Yeah. Open Unveiling and a unboxing. Live unboxing. All right, here. You, you guys talk while I get through this. All right. Um, what pa- do we What do we think might be in here? Oh, a hat? Gear. Adam. Big a, hat guy, Adam Mars. Tr- is a trucker hat your style? I I, it is now that I've seen it. <laughs> it, it, it. That's that's the breadwinner. Yeah, not that one. When it's a little chilly out. Hey, I actually have that same hat. <laughs> yep. A little chilly out. Look at this one. Wait, can I have that? You know what? This one, yeah, this is more your style. But no, it's oh, more my size. size. It is a little small. Wow. Sexy. You look like you're about to go on a heist. Rob a bay. Now, this one's dope. If you guys don't know, I only wear black and navy blue. That, that is oh, the, that that is the classic long sleeve. Breck Brew long sleeve tee. Oh, yeah. This is beautiful. And then I got some, also some swag. Look at a little koozie. Mm. That would have come. That would have been so good. Oh, Shouts to Breck Brew. What oh. a money. What a money move. Yeah. Shouts to Breck Brew. That would be fun little thing. That was really now get fun. back to your content. Okay. <laughs> Fine. I'm already. Fine. I'm already distracted. Where were we? Well, we went from holidays to uh, a <laughs> Breck Brew goodie bag. Here's so. a question: Which podcast are we on? What is this? DNVR Nuggets. Okay. That's yeah. Right, there yeah. we go. Oh, the Denver Nuggets. The we Nuggets should talk about this. Yeah. This is the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage. Thank you. That's for what the, we are for the help there. I did have one thing to remember and I forgot. Um, okay. No. No. Big. Big shout out to Total Beverage for sponsoring the show. Harrison, yesterday on the show, Brendan and I got really excited. We channeled our most optimistic, positive self, mm-hmm. and we shared some hot takes that we are not going to admit whether we believe them or not. We kind of do. Do you have any hot takes for us? I think my one – this is a hot take I've kind of let off on this podcast before. I don't think since you guys have joined, but going back a little earlier in the summer, I think there's a chance Nikola Jokic ends this season as like a unanimously viewed top – Three player in the league. Do you want to say it or should I say it? You say it. Too cold of a take. Not even. He was fourth last <laughs> fourth. year. Harrison no, went, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about MVP voting. I'm talking about just ooh. when you're ranking the top ten oh. players, you ESPN could put rank. them as third overall. I think there could be an argument for that. Let, that is my half Slightly hot hotter. Take. Slightly hotter. Let's rank the top hundred players right here right now. <laughs> top hundred, yeah. Starting well, at 100. I feel like it's Giannis Kawhi right now. Ooh. Kevin Durant's not in this argument. He's not playing this year. Um, Giannis, Kawhi, and then maybe at the end of this season, you can make an argument that Jokic is that third guy. 
Who? So what would it That's take? That's pretty hot. That yeah, is. That one is hot. That one. I like. Le- LeBron James <laughs> would like a word. I like that all three of us have different personalities, but Harrison, Harrison is by far the most pragmatic. And so, like, at first, him, the first version of that hot take was pretty hilariously Harrison. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, he was fourth in MVP yeah, exactly. voting last year. Like, I think he could I would have voted him. Hey, third. Where, where would you say he is now on that list of players? I think where all the sites have him, seven, like or eight. six, seven, eight. That's yeah. probably about right. Yeah. But my whole, the whole take this kind of revolves around is i still think Jokic is underrated i still think we here in denver for as high let's as go. we are on him let's go i feel like he we still underrate him a little bit i feel like we still don't quite know how good this guy is that's kind of where this take originates so i think from a talent slash ability like peak ability to impact the game i'm with you on it the large part of it, I keep telling everybody this, the next step for Jokic isn't about, like, can he improve this jumper or can he add this to his game? Like, he's yeah. got all the pieces to his game he needs. Yeah. It's now about can he consistently every single night bring it in a way that the greats just seem to be able to do it. And yeah. I think he's getting awfully close to that. We've seen – the thing is we've seen peak Jokic or we've seen the best version of him in the playoffs. He channeled that. He was mm-hmm. just dominant. If he's that for the rest of the year, then you're right. He's the top three, but he, he yeah. could be there. I just, but then again, it's probably a little unfair – to ask him to be that guy for 82 games throughout the regular <laughs> season. I mean, that's kind of impossible to do. Might the greats also, don't even do that. Might also be kind of dumb because it's <laughs> well, like it would be Denver's dumb. got so many players. You get burned out. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any other hot takes? Well, that's, my, that's my hot one. I saw that's on Reddit somebody one. predicted that M- Michael Porter Jr. will be the greatest Michael the league has ever seen. <laughs> that's super hot. <laughs> that's my favorite one. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Could have just said second greatest Michael ever, but it had, had to go greatest. Well, you know, I don't know. I think I think he could be number one. Um, so we're going to be doing some mailbag. So hop in the Periscope. Send us your questions. We probably have one. Brendan is our question guy. Yeah, I'm going to go to some Twitter questions, largely because I don't know how Periscope works. Do you guys know how to view uh, Periscope.com. Social uh, media director. DNVR. Uh, uh, looks like there's we need a super comment producer section. I'm not seeing any comments. Uh, Maybe super, super intern Kale will, will we'll find the questions. We'll go to Twitter. Okay. Uh, this one comes to us from Chill Ducey. Any chance Will Barton is out of the rotation night one of the regular season? If TC starts and MPJ gets the backup three minutes. No. <laughs> I'm going to say no. Maybe there's like a 2% chance, 5% chance at the most. From opening night, he's asking. Yeah, right? on yeah. opening night. On opening night. Yeah, I don't see it. I, would I say think he like is a- in the rotation some capacity. I don't know if he starts. I don't know if he's coming off the bench. I think he'll be in the rotation in some capacity opening night. Yeah, I would say that's a zero percent chance, but there is, there is potentially a question to, to ask of like, at what point could he slide out of the rotation? I don't think it'll happen by opening night, but there's a it, it's it, it is on the table in a world where Wancho and MPJ play out of their minds. Last week you had a quote that I really liked in the, on the show that you said that he he was for a long time the heartbeat of this team and he had this really important role, and I think look he can get back to that place. He certainly can. But he wasn't that last year, large part because of injury. And the team grew up in that period of time. It's, yeah. it's kind of like while he was gone, the team sort of lived, learned how not to need him. So just naturally, just they grew up. Jokic mm-hmm. became more of a leader. So did Jamal. And so there is this feeling of like, has the team moved past him now? And look, the other options at small forward are really, really good. I don't think we've seen the best of Barton. I think that hamstring injury probably affected him a little bit. And there's just some of the other stuff going on. But if this is the Barton that we have, the one we saw in preseason, not that different than the one we saw last year. No, I mean, this last game against Phoenix, I thought he had some decent moments in he those did. first two games, especially he, in that opener. He had decent moments in the last game, too. They just 
they're surrounded by not decent moments. Yeah, the the Phoenix game definitely. He had the most. You know, he he looked the most like the Will Barton from the second half of last year, and that's a guy who should probably be coming off the bench and playing 15, 20 minutes a night. And I thought his highlight, the most. His highlight that emerged from that game, right, like Nutmeg and the guy tightrope in the, the, mm, the right. sideline, of course he did step out of bounds. Right. And anyone who watched that game knew Jokic was waiting yes. patiently, that was a bad patiently for an easy swing pass. And, and that's when Thrill is struggling, that sort of encapsulates the whole thing. That he's, was a real bad play. Che- right? It's almost like an over overcompensation to recapture the thrill instead of just playing basketball. Mm-hmm. And I do think Will has the best case for starting alongside these guys when he's fitting into what they do. And so there is some concern for me right now. I think for Barton to survive with this team, and maybe even in the league, he's got to evolve because the thrill is a great player when it's bottled up and contained in the right moments. And but he's got these other skills. The thing about his game is he's a phenomenal passer. He's a really good playmaker. And I felt like two seasons ago he was really channeling that aspect of his game. And that's a large part of what made him work so well. Last year the injuries, you know, I, I, I chalked everything up to that. But even through the injuries, he was just not looking to distribute as much as I think he probably could have and certainly should have since he wasn't a hundred percent. Well, I kinda hate to go back to this because I've been a champion throughout this summer that Barton should probably be the starting small forward if he's fully healthy. But the biggest difference in just not really his game, but just the situation from two years ago to now, and this probably has a little to do with just his playmaking and how much he's in the pick and roll and whatnot and creating for others, he's playing backup point guard for most of the season two years ago. And he wasn't playing backup point guard at all last year because Monte Morris was here and established himself. He's not going to be playing any point guard this year, and he's going to be playing on the wing pretty much exclusively. And I think if you look back to the best season of his career he had two years ago, he had the ball in his hands a lot more, initiating, mm-hmm. playmaking. And um, I mean, it's not even like the fact of if he comes off the bench, he's going to get to do that more, maybe a little more, but not exclusively because Monte is there. Barton, I mean, I just think he's going to have to evolve as a player. He is the player he is today because of that confidence, right? Like he's got that, I'm going to make the next shot no matter how many I've missed. And mm-hmm. like – fans love to criticize that but it really is what gets a player to a certain level but i players really have a hard time realizing that's not always a virtue and you can evolve that trait in you and like he's already reached the nba he's already at the zenith base you know of what a basketball player can achieve now it's where do i fit into this new ecosystem and i just think he has to he has it in him i just hope he does it it's interesting because to me it's almost like he's at a certain crossroads in his career that a player like malik beasley for example entered right away which is hey, we need you to kind of contain all of that and learn right. how to flour- flourish within a role. Like you said, Will got here by being who he is. Right now in 2019, he needs to be something a little different. And so he is at a crossroads of is he, is he willing to kind of change himself as a player and, and slide back into what Denver does. Also at a crossroads the seasons from summer to, to fall. And with that crossroad comes the changing of the beer. <laughs> the summer beer, of which I'm still trying to hold on to, Colorado Core. And our more fall slash winter beer, Vanilla Porter, which many people are calling Vanilla Porter Jr. Yeah. <laughs> many people hashtag, in this office please. are calling hashtag oh, hashtag Vanilla, Vanilla Porter, Vanilla Porter Jr. Jr. And we, sent us screenshots set, whenever he, oh, he hits man. a bucket. Oh, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Harrison. Would I recommend the Vanilla Porter? Yeah, it's delicious. Avalanche right is. Oh, right now to you. Please do. Grab Does the Vanilla Porter only come in the bottle? 
I think you you have to be wearing a flannel to drink vanilla porter. Is that you correct? Do. You also need Super Intern Kale's bottle opener. Oh, that's right. Store. Or you could use mine. <laughs> um. <laughs> you have to be wearing a flannel and jeans <laughs> and probably hiking boots. <laughs> yeah. I Backwards hat helps. What shoes are you wearing? Oh, the, uh, the Menlo. Shout shoes. out Menlo. What can you tell us about uh, Breckenridge Brewery? Well, they're damn good beers. That is, that is correct. I'll, I'll tell you that. Um, you guys know about Breck Brewery. Talk about them on the podcast every day. We drink them on the podcast on some days. Most uh, days. Great, great partner with us here at DNVR. Cardinal Core, Strawberry Sky, the Vanilla Porter Jr., the Avalanche. <laughs> I'm sure you guys have had Avalanches before. We need to come up with Nuggets. Help us come up with Nuggets names for the entire Breck Beer <laughs> yes. line. And also Alec yes. Quinn of, of Nuggets Reddit, if you're listening, can I get a Colorado Core Photoshop with like Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, and Nicole Yoke's face on Oh, man. Yeah. I'm sure Great. that's coming. Yeah. I was trying to workshop in my head like Colorado Core, probably Jokic, but yes, that's it. Yeah, the core. The nice. core of the team. What else do we have? The uh, Avalanche. Avalanche. Yeah, it's going to be hard Amber. to make a Nuggets reference out of Avalanche. We'll just yeah. shout out the 5-0 and uh, National Hockey League team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> come out yeah. to come to Ice House Tavern tonight, 5 o'clock. Uh, the 5-0 and party of the year, so yeah. come, watch, come watch the Avs with us. Yeah, we'll be drinking Breck beers out there. Um, also, if you guys haven't been out to the Breck Brewery compound, I mean, that place is crazy. You can probably pick up some of that merch Adam just got out there too. Hell yeah! Did you guys? Did you go to the Celestial Seasonings plant as a kid? Oh, I I, I live very close to the <laughs> Celestial Seasonings. <laughs> My parents live right does there. Does it smell like peppermint from time to time? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. real. Oh yeah, what a great. Th- See, I grew oh, up yeah. next to the Purina plant, so I <laughs> I had a different experience. It's a different smell. <laughs> the Breckenridge Brewery is like uh, uh it's like the uh, Celestial Seasonings for adults. Mm-hmm. It's a great spot. That was all. That's all I had. It's a great okay. Spot. I no, to, that, that, that is good. There. That is good. Celestial <laughs> seasonings for adults. I like that. Uh, let's go to our next question. This one comes to us from Miroslav. Out of seven, homie. Out of seven guys in contract year, how many return next season? Oh Woo! god! So we got a list off the seven here. Yeah, no, no, seven. no. We got to go through the guys. Just it really, it's easier just to say which guys will not be on the team next year. Um. Go ahead, so Richard. I guess we'll start with probably the biggest name out of that group, yeah. Paul Millsap. Ooh, he's not back next year in your mind. No. Uh, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I was just going off yeah, the we'll guys start who with have. Who, um, I, to me, the the first name that comes to mind is Malik Beasley. Well, for me, it's Mason Plumley because I think he's almost certainly not coming back. For me, it's Plumley as well. It might be trade deadline. It might not be, but I just don't think he will be back. He's too good, and Denver does does not yeah. need a backup, a great backup. He's center just getting anymore. paid too much too. He's yeah. worth too much. Yeah, he's you can get a worse much. one. So yeah. him's right. number one. Malik Beasley to me is probably number two, but there was the, the contract discussions and stuff. Just even that it was coming out made me think. I don't know. Maybe he is a higher priority. I mean, Denver wants to get a deal done with him. Yeah, we, we know that. I mean, now how much money are they going to put out there? I'm not sure. Like, are they going to give him Will Barton money? Yeah, I don't know. So Beasley second, most likely to not be back. I'd say Beasley second for me. Then probably. I mean, who who do we have left here? Millsap, Grant. Juancho and Gomez, Tory I mean, Craig, you could put in Tory that list. Craig. Yeah, everyone seems pretty confident Grant's coming back, but I don't know. I mean, we don't really know. Man, how that, he's coming back. Yeah. I'm telling you, he's coming back. All right, you heard it here first. You heard it here. <laughs> Adam is reporting. Yeah, Tory Craig's a, a tough one, um, because like Denver's his home. Denver, like the Nuggets are the organization that gave him a chance. I'm sure that holds some weight with him. Um, I mean, he's what if he doesn't a, play this year? Like he just plays very, very little. I could still see him coming back. Hmm. I, I think he's played himself into like flyer status. You know, so if he doesn't get the money he wants here, someone will, and he should take that at this point in his career. Yeah. 
But I, but he is to your point. Like of anyone on this Nuggets roster, no one's more like just happy to be here than Tori. Right? This is already working out. You know, beyond his wildest dreams, yeah. I'm sure. Um, Millsap, I think, is back. Um, Grant, I obviously think, is back. Wancho, I, I don't know. So, so, what does it look like if Grant and Millsap come back? I mean, what does that? I, I said this yesterday in our in our hot takes thing. I think this is the handoff year, and whether it's official where Grant takes over at some point, I just think that this is the year where it's like Grant is becoming our guy. Millsap is currently, and this exchange takes place sometime between now and next training camp. But next year. If both came back, Jeremy Grant will start. But that's a big pay cut for Paul Millsap, though. No, I mean, like, like how right? Big, but he's right? gonna get. He's probably gonna get an even bigger pay cut if he goes somewhere else. I'm guessing and tries to, like latch on with a Golden State or something. It would be really weird for me. And look, I can't project. I don't know all the details of his life and what he wants to do with himself or whatever. But it seems weird to me at this stage of his career to get an extra four or five million dollars per year to go play for some team, the Charlotte Hornets. It's just to me, it's like I mean, Atlanta would be the one that would make yeah, some sense. Yeah. Kind of, I mean, kind of. What did he spend five years in Atlanta? I'm not saying he. Yeah, and he had a some, lot going on in Atlanta. Yeah, he does have a lot going on. You're right about that. You're right about that. So I, I don't know. I, I, for me, I would say that I think, I don't know that we know because I do think there's a lot of players that fit this bill. And a lot that happens this season could very well determine who's back and who's not. I mean, the Bradley Beal stuff we've all put on the back burner, but it is a thing that could be revisited. So a player like Gary Harris at the trade deadline might might be part of a package that goes there. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that Mason Plumley almost certainly, uh, and then Malik Beasley f- more more likely than any other player, but there's four or five players that could be part of a trade package that yeah. just wouldn't surprise me one bit. Let's stick with Malik because we have a question from Nicholas Geyer at NK underscore Geyer. Uh, how has Beasley looked? What do you think his floor ceiling is for this year? More or less, guys, just open mic on Malik Beasley. Your thoughts thus far? I mean, he's looked great. He's playing two games. Uh, shot looks good. I don't know if he like has flashed the explosiveness that he did last year, um, but uh, I mean, he's looked good. I don't. I don't think there's much to say about him. He's carving out of the same role for himself. I think. I think he's carving out the same role for himself. Gary looks really good. I'll tell you what. The story of the preseason, or one of the stories of the preseason, the story of the preseason, there's, that's hard to pick with Denver. There's been a lot. One of the stories for me this last game, when Jokic and Grant shared the court together, that paint was wide open. And the Nuggets were getting to the to the rim at will. Yes, it was the Phoenix Suns. That's an important caveat. Malik Beasley is great at getting to the rim. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a really good Maury ball player in that he's at the rim or behind the three-point line. And with yep. his explosiveness, I'm watching some of those Gary Harris cuts and, and Jamal Murray cuts from that last game, and I'm thinking, man, Malik Beasley's going to be hammering some tomahawk dunks this well, year. Well, it's funny, and um, I don't mean to put this back to the small forward discussion as we as we get back to on most of these conversations, but like this small forward competition's been kind of boring. Porter's looked right. really well, good. Yeah, he's looked insanely good. And, and then these other three guys have been very meh. Yeah. I guarantee you, if you would have given Beasley some minutes with the starters, like I think Denver should have, because those lineups really popped last year, he would have shined. Here's what I think about Beasley's season. The Nuggets can throw out some hyper-athletic lineups. Give me Jamal Murray. Okay, not, that, not athletic. Malik Beasley. Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant, and Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. You've got three elite cutters with super athletes on the wing, and I just think athletically – Units like that can really give some teams some problems. What if you went swap Jokic out of there and put Mason Plumlee in there? Now you have another guy that's just athletically really, really dominant. Yeah. I think Denver has some big athletic advantages this year, and Beasley's part of it. I think another big storyline of this preseason, this has to do with Beasley too, is that 
this Nuggets bench is scary. It's probably even better than it was last year. And last year, they already had arguably the best bench in the league. And you saw this in that Clippers game and the Phoenix game, too. But, I mean, it's the Suns. Like, they already have a weak bench as it is. But the Clippers are rolling out these, you know, end-of-the-bench guys, these guys who might be in the G League at who are in their, you know, second and third teams. And Denver's rolling out, like, Malik Beasley and, uh, you know, this bench that could – that puts a lot of other benches to shame. Just the, the depth on this team is crazy. Are we expecting any – I asked – I think it was you, Harrison, in the preview series. Any regression in terms of shooting? Is, is Malik a 40% shooter? Is that just a – Yeah. Yeah, book it. Pretty confident in that. Yeah. What What's the number one thing – if you had to pick one aspect of Malik's game, you could see a leap in this year? I mean, it would be defense, but I, it's maybe – that's such a broad one. Right. That I don't know – I think that's cheating. Sure. Um, if you were talking offensively – his passing has really impressed, but it's on low volume. Yep. If he passes a little bit more, now he might be capable. Of, he's really surprised me. Then he's a guy that you can run out there as a small forward, as you were talking about. The thing I like about Will Barton, and this is almost becoming more conceptual than it is actually literal, yeah. but the thing you like about him is he can run that pick and roll and be that third option to keep the ball right. popping. If Beasley can do that, if that's a part of his game that's expanded, then – Man, he is a heck of a piece yeah. to this team. Well, that's always been my argument for Barton with the starters. You yeah. can have three guys you can play pick and roll like that with him, Gary, and Jamal. I mean, that's killer. But this is where him changing, evolving his game a little because yep. it's almost like he's evolved away from that and is yep. pulling up for three and doing some crazy stuff. Let's so go to another one. This one comes to us from Chris Morley. You have one chip to lay in Vegas or online on each of the following. Um, the number one s- seed in the regular season, East or West Championship, East or West champion. Okay, he's asking for predictions. So, number one seed. Wait, I'm I'm sorry. I got a little confused (laughs) by this. this? Chris Morley wants to know who finishes number one regular season, East and West, who wins the East and West in the playoffs, champion and MVP. Not just rooting. What do we really, really think? Okay. um, Regular season first? Yes, sir. I think the Rockets win the West in the regular season. You've been on that. And I think the Bucks win the East. Marnas? I think the Bucks win the East. I think the West, man, I think I think Denver has a really good chance at it, as they good do. of anyone. They do. I'm going to go with Denver. I think they're going to be a fantastic regular season team. I'm going to uh, mirror Harrison. I think it's Milwaukee in the East. Um, and I think it's I think it's Houston 1, Denver 2. Why Houston? I just think they've been winning a lot of regular season games. I think for whatever you might say about specific matchups now that russ is in town they just are more talented as a team mm. um they have two relentless guys they can stick on you instead of harden for 82 and gets exhausted and gas i just think they're gonna win a lot of games i think they're gonna yeah. be a really really good team. i just think the westbrook thing is gonna work in the regular season i don't, don't know about the playoffs i don't think it's gonna work in the playoffs but regular season yes and uh i like their depth i, I, I like their depth too and they just kind of seem to have a formula to string together regular season wins I'm buying st- – what was the second part of the question? We're going to go to championship now? Championship matchup? Yeah. I, so, in the East, is it Philly-Milwaukee? I mean, can you pick yeah, anyone and I think, else? Yeah, and I, I like too. I like Philly. Yeah, You like Philly? I do. Oh. Okay, I, I'll take Milwaukee. Um, I like Philly. I think Philly's set up defensively to deal with a Giannis-led team. I do too. Western Conference Finals look like what? Oof. Uh, Clippers-Nuggets. Wow. Who wins that series, Harrison? Well, the Clippers have been my uh, my champion. pick yeah. to represent the West all season, so I'm all all year. So I'm not gonna hedge off that. No, I'm with Harrison. Clippers Nuggets, and I have Clippers winning. I'm gonna go Clippers Lakers. 
Okay. I think it's going to be a battle of Los Angeles. Oh, God. That's going to be just terrible. Did I just suck. Not put that is going to be unbearable. Finals. LeBron's probably going to be in the conference finals. Yeah, it probably will be. Um, Why? I'm, I, I, th- I think I'm low on the Lakers compared to most everybody. I'm low on the Lakers and really high on Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Yeah, that's <laughs> – I mean, it's, it's dumb. They kind of make basketball less interesting in a lot of ways because a lot of stuff – we like to talk about all the margins in basketball, and they just – their margins don't matter that much when you have those two. So uh, Harrison Clippers win the NBA title? Yeah, I'll go with the Clippers. Me too. Clippers. Yeah, I think I'm taking Clippers. Kawhi Hive. Paul George Hive too, to be honest. Those guys are those guys are really good. I think that's the same conclusion we came to when we were at Summer League in that backyard. The yeah. second that trade broke, yeah. we were like, well, Clippers are probably the favorite right now. That was, that was now. an all-timer night. All right, what's uh, the next one? Last part of this question, MVP. I'm going to go with Anthony Davis. MVP. I think Anthony Davis is going to have a monster year. Oh, and he's in Los Angeles where they're going to talk about it starting. I mean, they've already started talking about his MVP odds. I'm going to I'm going to stay in L.A., but I'm going to go LeBron, Ramon, James. I'll mm. go Giannis back to back. All righty. All of these are good. We'll move on to picks. a new question. A little more nuggets related. This one comes to us from inside the office. Ryan, how do you say this? Konigsberg? I think it's Konigsberg. <laughs> he, <or laughs> I, he, I think he covers the Rapids. Um, <laughs> Jeremy Grant will be a starter by blank. Oh, man. I'm going to say. Um, October 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't think he starts this season. He's only going to start, I think, when Millsap rests or if there's an injury or whatnot. But um, I think things would have to change pretty drastically for Grant to get that position full-time this season. I am going to agree with Harrison that it happens next year. But I will say there is – I've been the guy that has said, how much better can you be than the Jokic-Millsat pairing, right? I've been yep. hammering this home. Yep. I think Jeremy Grant can be better. Now, the question is, can he – let's say, just to use some advanced stats here, let's say that the net rating with Jokic and Millsap is plus 8 this year, and the net rating with Jeremy Grant and Jokic is plus 12. Do you make a switch at that point? No, Probably that, not. that doesn't necessarily mean you should make a switch Correct. Either. Correct. So I think that might be the scenario we have this year. Yeah. I really think Jeremy Grant's a fantastic fit. The only thing I will say is that I wouldn't put it past Paul Millsap to be willing to do that. And the only reason you would do that is if, for whatever reason, you felt like swapping made a positive impact on the overall team. So maybe Millsap with that second unit. You know, maybe Michael Porter Jr.'s playing a lot. Beasley's playing a lot. That's not a great defensive Maybe you need some more defense in that second unit yeah. to do it. I don't know. Or there's some injuries that hit that second unit, too, and you yeah. just need kind of Millsap's presence. We'll see Grant start games, I think, this year. Yes, But for he sure. won't be in the starting lineup consistently until next year. I'm with you guys. I'm so high on Jeremy Grant's fit with Jokic, guys. So high. So how many minutes is this in the sixth-man position for Grant, if you had to guesstimate? 25 to 27 a night? Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agreed, yeah. It's lower than usual, but, you know, maybe that means we get, like, an incredible – he played 20 – I think he's averaging 22 p- minutes in the preseason, and he's averaging 14 points. Like, <laughs> he is getting a lot of numbers from j- – just because I think in this offense, he's like the guy – he's like Fareed. He's getting all these easy buckets. Yeah, not so hot take the Grant thing is probably going to work out. Uh, how, <laughs> how many minutes should MPJ play at the start of the season? That comes to us from oh, Grant Carey. That's a good one. This is a very good one. Um – 10 to 12. That's not very many. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think he should be playing 20. I think I'd say 10 to 12 opening night. I think 18. Wow, that seems minutes. like a lot. It is it does seem like a lot, but one I think he's actually the best option at small forward. I really do. <laughs> he's a heck of a player. 
Um, the only reason you that eight, 18 is kind of a lot. I think he sits a lot of games, so I do think that there's like back-to-backs. He's just not playing. Um, but smart. 18 minutes per game is enough that I don't think you get fatigued. I think you limit the injury risk, but you still allow him enough minutes and enough reps to really grow because I think by the end of the season, if he can make it through 82 games, by the end of the season he could really be a different player than he is now. I think you should probably start with a tiny bit less, but to your point – I think one of the big revelations this preseason is how much better and how much more comfortable Porter has looked from game one to game two to game three. Huge. He looks like totally different three games in than he looked in that first game. I'm with Harrison. I think you play him up to that. A big part of that for me is I don't think he's he's in basketball shape yet. Um, maybe the yeah, best I'd way to do that. that is to give you 18 minutes a game, but they may be wanting to take a more cautious approach. Um, just let him. 18's not that many, so if you think about 18 – I guess it is two nine-minute stretches because when you're coming off the bench, you're not playing two stretches per half. You're playing one. Yeah, 18 to me maybe sounds seven, more like, maybe like, 14. like December, January territory. Okay, All right, I can but see right, You can disagree, Four, 14 minutes, two seven-minute stretches. I'm, that's okay. what I'll say. I'm good with that. I can I'm, I can get on board with that. You're going to see him, though. You're going to see him. He'll be a, in a, a part of that rotation. Uh, when do you think – do you guys – this, I don't know if you would know the answer to this. Anyone know <laughs> about the new cities jerseys when that drops? I wish. Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah, I wish. What do you think they'll look like? I have a prediction. I think they're going to be sky- rainbow skylines, and I just think they'll be a different color. Like blue, maybe? Blue, black, yellow, I predict red. they're going to be black. I predict blue. One of the one of the blues. Maybe the, the uh, well, no, the I feel f- like a lot of teams are going with black jerseys, though. Hmm. They'd be fools to ditch the rainbow. It just works so well. Everyone Players loves not it. liking them as a drag, though. Yeah. Not really as concerned about that, though. Well, it just like means them. that they wear them less. That's right. what. That's yeah, why. That's yeah. yeah, fair enough. Um, let's see. Let's uh, talk about Total Beverage real quick because Total Beverage is giving the DNVR fam 30% off your purchase of $25 or more, but you got to use the code DNVR2019 to get that discount. You can do that online or on the Total Beverage app. Make sure you download it today. As you guys may or may not know, Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area, from Lakewood to Boulder, from Aurora to Brighton, and they have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they now offer CBD products. That's right, from drinks to gummies. You can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. Don't let this offer pass you by, guys. Order today and receive 30% off your purchase of $25 or more. And better yet, don't leave the comfort of your home and get it delivered. So Adam's gone. What do you want to talk about, Harrison? I got another question. Let's, let's just talk about the um, – I want to get our predictions out there. Maybe not predictions, but who we think should be the starter at small forward here. I'm just going to let you go first because I know you're itching to say something. <laughs> well, I think it should be Wancho. Adam. I think it should be Wancho. You've returned just in time. And um, I don't think this necessarily means you're playing Wancho like 25, 30 minutes a game. But I think he should be the starter. I just think he fits best with that lineup. And maybe it's a thing where you play him the first six minutes of the game. Maybe you bring him back at the end of the first half. Maybe you don't, and then you start him again in the third quarter. Same thing for the second half. But I just am not totally confident Will Barton is the answer right now. I definitely don't think Torrey Craig is the answer with the starters. I think it's too early for Porter. And I just think Wancho's the best option of those four at this current moment. My only thing with that. Is that don't you feel like we've seen the least of him though as well? 
Well, actually, Tory Craig the least. But you know what though? He's also the most consistent in this way. Like he makes or misses shots, but he always cuts. He always reads. Yep. He always does the same thing, and he always struggles on defense. Like at least you know what you're, <laughs> know getting. What you're getting. You yeah, know what you're fair. getting out of him. And on top of that, I just think he fits every combination of players that you would try to fit out there. With Tory Craig, this is the hardest part about it. There's a lot of times where it's like, okay, we've got Millsap out there, and we've got somebody else. It's like, man, if you throw Tory Craig in there, you just can't score. And, and you um, gotta always think about that. Another thing I like about Wancho with the starters is his length. Like that starting unit w- with him, they just need a little more length that they can get it. Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, not the tallest guys in the world. Paul Millsap, not like the lengthiest guy down low. Wancho's six nine, six ten. You know, he's got some length to him. He's got some shot blocking ability at the rim. And like almost the opposite of Torrey Craig, the appeal of him with that lineup with the starters isn't even necessarily the shots he's taking and making. It's just the way the floor looks, right, with him out there. Yeah. And so in this, like, Dante Jones scenario you outlined, right. maybe there's just value to letting the starters come out and run and get into rhythm in those first five minutes. Then you worry more about the matchup, winning the game stuff later, but let your guys play their brand of basketball from the jump. Yeah. We're trying to figure out how to read messages from Periscope, and I did just see this one from MCUKMF. You guys should know that these live pods feel as important to watch as an actual Nuggets game. <laughs> that's rad. I really hope that's not the case. Yeah. You know, I think some people would say more important. I don't know. Like, I appreciate the feedback, but let's I've ratchet actually, it up. I've stopped watching the game. I don't watch the games anymore. You only watch video of I your own live shows. I just watch, watch us on the live pod. No, we appreciate that. So you that's just a great watch feedback. the list and then listen to the pod. Oh, man, look you at like this. That? It's Adam's world. We're all just living in it. Hey, do you guys want another question? Uh, please. Is there any space for Vando or Chanchar? Chanchar, 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 in the rotation. In the rotation. I mean, oh God, no! Like, I mean, no. somebody has to be cut out. He, I love Chanchar, but we're talking about a roster fourteen deep, and he's number fourteen. Yeah. And on top of that, he plays a position that we're just trying to figure out where we can fit Michael Porter Jr. in, right. and and all these other guys. Eh, just the messenger. Don't get mad at me. But but what about Vando? How far out is Vando from from being a part of this team? One year, mm-hmm. at, at minimum. Um, I don't I don't see a way where he gets in this year unless there's an injury. Or and a if, trade at the deadline. Or a trade yeah, or something like that. Scenario. One interesting question for Vando, though, is could Denver conceivably move forward with Grant and Vando? And Millsap then becomes either a backup center that plays 12, 13, 14 minutes a game or something like that. I don't think we're there. I, or I don't think we will get there within one year. But, you know, Vanderbilt, the, the staff, including Michael Malone, have raved about his improvement from summer league till now. And just like with Michael Porter Jr., he has all this talent, but he had to sit out for so long that you expect his learning to curve to be a little bit steeper even than guys his age. So um, we, uh, there is a real possibility that we're talking about him a year from now and just like, wow, what a different player, the mm-hmm. transformation. He's, and I hope so. He's looked like a completely different guy from last year to this year. And I would honestly, I would honestly, if I was Nuggets, be comfortable playing him the same amount of minutes Mason Plumlee is going to get if I had to. Like if Mason Plumlee wasn't on this team, I'd be confident playing Vando 10 to 15 minutes a game. And, and I mean, he, he's looked the part. And his length, too. We've talked about this, but Nuggets went from a team that did not have really any length at all two years ago to a little length last year. Now they've got length. Porter, Vanderbilt, Grant, those guys are long, athletic. I'm just going to say, if we're going that far down the line, we're talking about potential lineups of, of Grant, Porter, and Vando. And that's almost like the antithesis of what they've been and who they are now. I mean, that's, yes. that's like a playoff lineup that. Right, like straight out of 2018. That's the opposite yeah. of what the Nuggets have been. And maybe there is lineups for Vando Grant. I get we're talking. This is not this year. I just don't see it. But maybe yeah, there yeah. are some lineups, lineups with Vando and Grant on the court. And oh, by the way, Bull Bull this year is going to be like a redshirt year for him, right. almost certainly. But 
Bol Bol has such a unique skill set in that he can block shots, but he's not the strongest interior guy. He can shoot the three, but he's not a, necessarily a straight perimeter player. Maybe you He's up- athletic, but it takes him a long time to get from spot A to spot B. So what if you had lineups that were like <laughs> really Grant, Vando, Bol Bol, where it's like, yeah, none of those guys are really a five, none of them are really a three, none of them are really a four except for God. Grant. But it works together, like collectively. There's just so much. I mean, think about that. They could hold hands and go end to end on the court. <laughs> like, so um, Vando, I think, is still remains extremely intriguing as a prospect to me. But um, he's more of a one year project, and then he could really flourish. But this is, by the way, un- not unprecedented. A lot of these great players, even players we've compared Vando to. Pascal Siakam spent a couple years in the league before anybody knew who they were, and then all of a sudden they really broke out. So um, he's on the right path. I really believe that. I've got one more. I'm going to slightly modify this one. It comes to us from A85 Ramos. We all agree that the team is deep. He's essentially asking us, is there another side to that sword? Can that be a problem? Of course. and, And so the way I would frame it for this team is happiest locker room in the league last year, right, or one of them. Is there potential for that changing, right? A guy like Beasley, for example, not that he said anything, but does he deserve minutes? Does he vocalize that? It's definitely a risk, but I will tell you, Denver's been trying to get ahead of it. If you guys remember on media day, Michael Malone talked about like the opening message that Tim Connolly gave the entire team at that first team dinner in Colorado Springs. It was about sacrifice. Yeah. And uh, the fact that we got a lot of guys in contract years, but quite frankly, a lot of you guys aren't going to – play and you're not going to put up the stats that you could you know if you were on a different team or whatnot and so it's going to be about sacrifice but I think Denver has the right group of guys to get through that I think you saw that last year a little bit I always go back to like when Isaiah Thomas was coming back and you would talk to Monte Morris and he'd be like you know we don't have any egos in this locker room like we're all rooting for Isaiah to come back even if it chips into our playing time a little bit they still got the same guys here you know a year later so I think Denver has enough of the team first guys to get through that. And I think Mike Malone is also the perfect coach to manage that too, because he's done it before. I think he can do it again. Um, So it's definitely risky. It's definitely something to think about, but um, I think Denver can maneuver its way through it. Part of what makes Malone the right coach for this specific problem is that he can, he has, he has a, he doesn't enjoy it, but he has the spine and the gravitas to just say, Isaiah Thomas, you're out. Right. We gave you a shot. Sorry, it didn't work out the way you wanted, but you're out. And Isaiah Thomas can be pissed. He can curse him. But Michael Malone just keeps his head up as if, like, I'm doing the thing that I know is right. He did that for Nurkic, and it didn't, Nurkic didn't respond very well to it, right? He didn't mm-hmm. respond like Isaiah Thomas did. And I suspect there might be some of that this year. I really do. Malik Beasley deserves a bigger role. He would have a bigger role on almost every single team. So how happy will he be with that? Will Barton wanted to start so bad and the injury took away his best chance at that and now maybe things have passed him by if he's out of the rotation I'm pretty sure he would not handle that well and if he's coming off the bench he might not be happy um so none of that's to say that Malone has to change his tactic it's just that Isaiah Thomas deserves a ton of credit for handling that situation behind closed doors and not letting it leak out yeah he didn't love Malone's decision but he clearly respected it to some degree and that's something Malone has earned I think yeah yeah but other players might not feel that way or be as quiet and they're at different points of their career than IT as well right the fact that IT was a veteran and had been through so much already it's a little different than a young guy who's just been in the league for a couple years and also with Isaiah Thomas nobody else wanted him I mean he signed for a minimum deal right Malik Beasley everybody wants him he's like man I you know so This Nuggets team, I mean, all right, I'm out. I'm good that was that a point. great point. Yep, great point. Right. This Nuggets team is good. Well, no, here's what. Here's another thing I was gonna say. Will Barton 
had more money offered to him from Indiana, and he turned it down. It was a four-year deal, and he is now in year two of that deal. So for in his perspective, and this is a fair perspective, he can think, I sacrificed, and for what, to now not even play? Like, whether or not that's right or wrong, I'm not trying to defend that, that, sure. that, that, that sentiment, but you can imagine if you personally had left $5 million on the table to play for this team, and then all of a sudden you're not even playing, that's got to hurt. I remembered my point. This this team, there may be higher aspirations this year, right? They may have a much better season, but there will be a lot of ways in which it won't be as fun as last year, and this might be one of them. That was the sweet spot. Everyone was on the same page, and expectations were shattered. It's different this time around, so I do expect some friction. I still think this year is going to be a lot of fun, though. <laughs> like Torrey, a Craig, lot of Torrey fun. Craig turned down more money, too, to come back to Denver. And he might not play, too. So you might have two guys that turned down more money that are actually sitting on the bench. That would be rough. Uh, when Jamal Murray is on fire, sorry, this comes to us from Corey at C underscore Blake zero five. When Jamal Murray is on fire, the Nuggets seem to always win. Mm-hmm. Is there something the Nuggets can do to get him going early in games without straying too far away from Jokic ball? Or does Murray just need to fit in with the rest of the guys? This, well, Yeah, this sounds like a basketball question. And the truth is that outside of Jokic, nobody is the offense more tailored to than Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. So um, are there like specific plays? Denver... It, this would be an interesting question for Michael Malone, actually, about just what determines what first play you run. A lot of times, Denver's first play, they run it three times in a row with three different options, so it's kind of like a scripted first three possessions. And sometimes those are for Millsap, the first one. Sometimes they're for Jokic. Sometimes they're for the dif- different guys. And I'm guessing Malone probably feels like we need so-and-so going today, yep. so we'll give him a touch here. That's always so fascinating Yeah. Like, who they dropped the play for in the first position. Yeah, the I first think that one. says so much. Malone did speak today, though, on, on Murray's slow starts, mm-hmm. which I consider Harrison's corner, That just that observation <laughs> in general. Um, and he said he wished he'd, he had an answer, an explanation. Uh, he th- Focus is really the word he, he landed on. He pointed to that Phoenix game as kind of like the perfect microcosm of, of the Murray experience. Great first half, took his foot off the gas mentally in the second half. Um, and so Malone's words, it, it is a matter of – of focusing not just two quarters at a time but four and a commitment to being great all night long there's no greater motivation for at least for Jokic but I think for most players than um, media constantly asking the same questions yes everybody asking Murray about why he starts slow might be the greatest motivation for him to not start (laughs) slow Um, what are you guys thinking do we have time for more of course we do of course we got time for more Give us the final win total of this team. Nope, that's next week. Yeah, I'm not letting that out yet. <laughs> um, why can't you figure out Periscope? I don't know how the, the comments. I'm looking at the comment section. <laughs> it doesn't look like we have any questions. Is that yeah. not accurate? <laughs> I don't know. They're just not coming through. Oh, we have a couple more in-house. One from... Uh, how do I mute this? Uh, it's <laughs> the on, volume button on the side of your iPhone. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. This one. Volume button. <laughs> Creative director. Vol- volume down. Uh, this one comes in-house from Andre. I'm not going to say his last name. Is it Simone or Simone? Simone. Simone. Can Bobo be next year's MPJ? <laughs> can Bobo have... I love this question. Can he steal the preseason and the hearts of Nuggets fans everywhere next year? Uh, yes, but I will say, though, I'm much lower on Bobo's long-term prognosis than I was on Michael Porter Jr. at this point last year. Okay, I'm going to get hot. Hot takes. Hot takes uh, Half-baked hot takes Adam is he never fully went home. He is here. The answer is yes. I don't think he has the upside of Michael Porter Jr., so I guess the answer is no. But what I mean is, but what I mean is that – 
my Bull Bull, I think, can be a player that next year when preseason rolls out, everybody goes, oh, that's right, they got Bull Bull too. And, oh, that's right, Bull Bull was like the one of the best prospects in high school his senior year as well. And Really? Because I think Porter is a level above that. Even how hyped Bull was as a high schooler, I think Porter is at another level. So Porter, when we talk about high school ranking prospects, like when you just take their high school stats, Porter is up there, I think, as like one of the five or six best of the last decade. Yeah. You look at Luka Doncic. Um, I don't even remember oh, who the other guys were, but it's, it's well, a, probably Durant. Is, yeah, there's like not a very long list of players that were that. Yeah, like KD. It's like that. He's in that tier. Yeah. So. Um, he was really, really th- highly thought of. Now, that doesn't mean anything because a lot of times these guys, the high school guys are much less indicative of what they do in college. But nonetheless, he was up there and Bull Bull was not. But Bull Bull's a really, really, really unique talent that has a chance to be like this dynamic player for the Nuggets. And I think Malone stopped short of talking about light years. He almost did. I don't know if you guys heard this. Hmm. I don't know if you heard this when I asked the I question about you. skipping steps because he said something like, now all, he said something about how we've been patient and we've created this pipeline of players, right? Pipeline where they're coming through. And then he said something to the extent of like, and you're just now starting to see it bear fruit, but you haven't seen nothing yet. Something of that nature. And when I heard that, I thought like, man, he might be doing the heat check on just wait till you see Michael Porter. Wait till you see what we do with Bull Bull. Wait till we see what we do with this next wave of players that are coming through. You can't go light years, and it can't be based on a young core until you have a G-League team. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> Screw it. Well, I, I feel like it'd be tough for him to do that about Bull Bull because Bull Bull hasn't like played five on five yet. <laughs> I don't – look, again, I don't think he was referencing Bull Bull. I'm just saying that Bull Bull is a super talent. He was a top seven or eight talent in this draft if you just said talent. Yep. And maybe maybe even higher. And he fell to 44. And so now it's like, okay, can they restore him to a top seven talent? And if they can do that, it's very, very, very rare that a team as good as the Denver Nuggets could add two top seven talents in back to back years the way they potentially could with Michael Porter. Those comparisons will be made. Whether it's accurate, we will. Oh, sure. The guy taking the red shirt year coming back for summer league. Yes, this is kind of a maybe a futile question. Like, I don't know if we can answer it yet, but what is Bull Bull's ceiling in the NBA? I, yeah, we definitely don't know that. Right. But I, I, I will say I think it is similar to whatever Chris Tapp's Porzingis' ceiling is because Bull Bull is a phenomenal three-point shooter in the exact same way that Porzingis is. His touch is incredible. I've had it from somebody inside the Nuggets organization re- tell me that he could be the best shooter on the team. He could be. He didn't, he didn't say they was, but he could be. This is how, how does, pure a shot does is. Does Bull move like Chris Stapps moves, though, at yes. seven foot plus? Yes, I think he does. I actually think that's part of what it is. I mean, they ran pin downs for him in he, Oregon. He moves incredibly well. Chris Stapps is just like a mutant, though, in terms no. of how he moves at seven two. Uh, unimpressed with Chris Stapps in that regard, to be honest with you. I All think right. he has he has some of the like step back stuff that's really sexy when it goes in, but I'm like, I hope Bull Bull doesn't do that. But as far as the fluidity, like, here's the thing. Could you run a pin down screen in the NBA for Bull Bull? I think you could. I haven't seen enough of him to know if you could. Oh. I, I his upside is really high and if you it's not like Michael Porter's, but it's really, really high to where he could be part of the quote unquote core and mm-hmm. like high on that list of the core if if things go right. But again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. He has to put in the work. Everything has to break right, he has to stay healthy. But if he does what Michael Porter Jr. did and keeps his head down and works for a year behind the scenes, I think he could be back to being a top seven prospect. I, w- I was watching Bull Bull shoot after practice today, and he's got like a super ro- low release, right? Like he releases it at his below his shoulder, but 
he's already so high. It doesn't really matter. They're definitely in the same. Get it off of almost uh, against anybody. They're in the same club as prospects. Like, they're already the two biggest SEO names on the right. team. That's right. so weird. But I guess Bobo has that appeal. Well, I guarantee you Bobo has the most Instagram followers by far on the Nuggets. He might um, have the most Instagram followers, like, if you take all the Nuggets and can combine their Instagram followers, geez. you might have more. That's wild. I'm not a Barton hater, but seeing these small forward convos, a trade seems like the best option. That's a Periscope comment. comes from at Beaston25 underscore eight. My question to you guys, is a Barton trade on the table at this point, given how poorly last year went and the deal he's on now? On the table? like I don't know if it's on the table, but it could happen, sure. It's possible. In some ways, it is the easiest way to resolve this this situation. Yeah, right, I mean, I do think, right. I think that's the there is a scenario where, look, Barton, I do think we need to all pump the brakes on it if he does get the starting spot. It's, fans are weird because if he gets it, I feel like a lot of fans are going to be rooting for him to fail, which is always the weirdest thing and, to me. And he is, like, I think he is the guy who ultimately gets the starting spot if yeah. I had to pick one. He might turn it around. I mean, the hamstring injury, you know, he might end up playing some of his best ball, and he might get turn it. And honestly, Will Barton at his best, to me, is actually the best option. No doubt. Other sure. than Michael Porter Jr. at some point will be, but I think factoring the health and wanting to sure. limit his minutes. Barton is be- the best Barton is the best option. It's just we haven't had that, so uh, maybe we get a chance. But even if not, then, yeah, hopefully he plays well enough to be traded at some point so you can move on and get something for it. Confidence meter in Barton, if I made you put a number on it, 1 through 10. I'm, I'm probably at 50%. I'd say I'm at a six, so a little ahead, a little above fifty percent. Yeah. Um, shout out Harrison for following the rules. Fifty percent, <laughs> number one through ten. Did you say one through ten? I did. Uh, are there fifty percent of of one through ten is five though? That's correct. So that's why I said I'm at a six. I'm a little above fifty percent. So I, I I kind of answered your question. I just you did it in a percentage. Yeah, that's right, buddy. Um, are, are there any Beeson twenty five also wants to know? Are there any blogs that could take DNVR in three on three? I don't know. Does Josh Dover have a blog yet? <laughs> just kidding. I'm bad at basketball, so no, I can't. I'm out of this. Yeah, we'd have to cover for you. Yeah, though. get uh, uh, Nick Cosminer. He's tall. The athletic, the athletic only has two people, so we could take them three on two. <laughs> there's no. Ch- the answer is there's absolutely no chance. Get out of here. <laughs> okay. No chance. Nice measured response there. Yeah. From Adam. No. No I chance. Mean, fact. Uh, let's go is back. That to, it? Uh, that might be it. I think that's it, guys. I think that's it. Well, this was fun, guys. Like I said, we plan on doing this every single week, or um, or at least close to that. It's a fun, interactive way to have like just a good time, and hopefully, we'll get more questions. And if we got a lot of questions today, hopefully, we'll learn how to use Periscope. Um, but as for now, guys, uh, enjoy the game tomorrow. We will be back again, of course, on Friday with a brand new episode of the show. And then lastly, I just want to let everybody know we have a lot of really cool stuff going on behind the paywall. We're trying to give you guys a lot in front of the paywall. We're trying to be a blended, you know, a little bit you get for free, a little bit you get behind. But we're really starting to ramp up what we do behind the paywall. And you're not going to want to miss it out. Before the season begins, we're going to be tweeting out all of the things you might have missed from not being a subscriber. And guess what? It's only $3.74 to subscribe. $3.74 per month to subscribe. That's hardly anything. And as a result, you get what I consider to be the best work of my life so far. I think Harrison and Brendan uh, uh, certainly agree for themselves as well. It's going to be a uh, a really great season, and you're going to kick yourself. If you missed out on your favorite Nuggets coverage and your favorite Nuggets season because you didn't want to spend $3.74. I'm going to plug one more thing on the way out the door. Uh, we're really big here in DNVR on bringing all this sports fandom under one roof. Enough of the, the sectioned off clicky stuff. There's going to be an Avs watch party tonight at Ice House Tavern in, a, in an hour and a half, actually. I'm going to be there. A bunch of uh, DNVR people will be there. Come through. Whether you're an Avs fan or a Nuggets fan, represent the can. Let's drink some beers talk some sports. Should Make some friends. Have a good time. Yeah, the future 82-0 Avalanche. The 
future 82 and 0. Well two, on the way. Two banners in the can this year. Thanks so much, would, everybody. Would they have enough room for both? Yes, there's plenty of room. <laughs> Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you on Friday. Guys, before we get out of here, you know how supporting local businesses in our blood, we're super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company. It may not be what you think it is, Adam, because Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. Guess what? Snow is coming. And we've already had a taste of it. You'll need Denver Rubber Company when it comes to anything snow plows. DRC can cut to size and pre-slot most snow plow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We actually went and checked out their warehouse a few weeks back and it was nothing short of amazing. These guys have created proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades. And we, have, and we even witnessed machines that cut material that is used in bulletproof vests. Remember, Denver Rubber Company makes it all custom. They're family-owned with loyalty only to the people just like us here at DNVR. Be sure to call them today for any snowplow needs, custom gaskets, hoses, etc. at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com backslash DNVR and tell them who sent you.